Jesus, I thank you that I'm yours, that you've bought me, you've purchased me, you've redeemed my life out of the pit of destruction. Lord, that you've made me your own. You've adopted me in, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm part of the family. Jesus, you've made me your own. You've made me your own, Lord. Jesus, you've made me your own, Lord. You've redeemed me. You've healed. You've restored. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. ears to hear what you're saying, Lord. Change us today, Lord. Change us, Lord. Make us more like you today. Jesus, make us more like you today. May we be pliable, shape in your hands today, Lord. Shape us, Lord. Joy, my King, in what you hear, 
Bible talks about gifts of the Spirit, there's the gift of tongues and interpretation. The Lord speaks to his people through the gift of tongues and interpretation. believe the Lord is speaking to us today. He's just saying to you that he hears your prayer. I've heard your prayer. You've called out to me in your time of distress, in your time of trouble. I've heard you in your, in your season, in your hour, in your time of distress, in your time of trouble, in your prayer. I see the tears that you've cried and the trouble that you've had. And I've not turned a deaf ear to you, but I am with you. I'm walking with you. I've heard your prayer. I've responded. Set your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on me. And not the things that you see around you. I am your deliverer. I am your comforter. I am your strong tower. I am with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just look to him today as your strong tower, your comforter. Just thank him this morning because he's he's that. He's with you right now. He's with you right now. He's standing there with you right now. You're not alone. Just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated this morning. have your Bibles, you can go to Mark chapter 11. You know, Heather was, uh, Heather was reminiscing this morning about uh, uh, nine years ago, and I remember, uh, is it okay if I just tell, tell stories just real quick? I'm going to do it whether you say yes or no. So anyway, <laughs> Mark chapter 11 is where we're headed. But uh, you'll see, uh, there's a point to this. But I remember in 2013, we've, so for those that don't know, we've been in a series on the fullness of faith. And so uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't heard the messages, there's probably five or six messages now uh, in this series. 
if you haven't heard them, you can go on our website, you can go on social media, uh, iTunes, podcast, all of the various, Spotify, all the different things. Make sure you listen to the previous messages. I know that they're going to bless you and enrich your life. I'm not saying that because I, I want to, uh, I'm trying to toot my horn on, on messages. That's <laughs> For those that know me, that that's not at all uh, my style. Not even, I don't even enjoy that. So even what I'm doing right now is out of my box. So let me just encourage you. I really believe that they will uh, encourage you and build, help build faith in your life. Uh, so why don't you get those, listen to them. And if you like our podcast on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, if you follow it, then you get notified anytime new messages are added. But anyway, so we've been on this series about the fullness of faith. That faith is not something that it's just, it's not a cognitive, intellectual uh, state of mind. It's not just thinking through something. It's not even just having a belief. It is imparted. Faith is the tangible reality of unseen things. Faith is the, the tangible substance, the, the reality of an unseen world around us. It's our, if you will, our five senses. As we, as we perceive the natural world with our five senses, faith is the ability to perceive the unseen world, what God is saying and doing and speaking and already spoken over your life, what he's already promised over your life, what he's working and doing in your life. Faith isn't, you know, it's... <laughs> We've seen a lot, I'm sure you have, I have, uh, of TV preachers about faith. And, you know, you've got to have faith. You're going to have a million-dollar home and the jet and the car and all those things. And, and God may be working in that, and I'm not saying that he's not. But that's faith is not uh, finances, per se. It might be. Faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is not uh, wanting something from the Lord and putting a picture of it on your refrigerator and slapping your refrigerator, saying, high five Jesus every time you walk by. I'm getting my Lamborghini. If you get that, though, take me for a ride. However, that's not what faith is. Faith is the reality of, of what God is saying and doing and working in that moment in your life. It's, it's an assurance. It's the evidence. When you go to trial, there has to be evidence to convict. It's the evidence that brings the conviction or the reality of what God has said in your life. And I, as I started to tell the story, rewinding the clock, so in 2013... The Lord began to speak to us about transition that was coming in our life. And I, I remember it very specifically the first time the Lord uh, gave us this kind of direction that this was coming. We were on our way to Illinois to visit my family. From uh, We were driving up from New Orleans. We were going through Arkansas, I think, or some very boring, plain state. There wasn't much, there wasn't much out there. We were on 55 North. There wasn't much around us. And Heather's asleep in the passenger seat. And I'm just driving away, which is a miracle that I was awake at that point. But anyway, I was awake. We were driving through. And I, I heard, as sure as I'm standing here today, the Lord say, transition is coming. And I thought, oh boy, what is going to happen next? And I had no clue what that meant, that transition was coming. And, 
and we began to, we talked about, we began to just wait on the Lord and see what he was doing. We assumed that he was going to be doing something different in ministry where we were. We had no idea the Lord was going to show up and say, you're moving to Northeast Ohio. That was not even on our radar when he began to speak to us. But we began to just wait on the Lord and have the eyes of faith. Again, it was eyes of faith. What is God saying and doing? God, give us faith for what it is that you're doing. And um, over the course of a couple of months and a series of events, we knew that the Lord was saying that this was the season. He's, he was saying very clearly it was this was the season, um, and we had no idea where we were going. And I just, we sat down one night, and we had talked about it, and I was doing Google search, senior pastor position. Had no idea what was going to happen, what was going to unfold as the result of one Google search. Who knew? Don't trust Google. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> the Lord uses Google. <laughs> and up pop Celebration Church. It was the very first listing uh, in, in the Google search. It was the very first listing. And it said, you know, you have the title, you know, Celebration Church, and underneath it, senior pastor or lead pastor, whatever it was, looking for senior pastor. Hmm, that's interesting. So I clicked on it and started investigating the church. What is this church? What are they like? You know, all the different things. Just kind of looking into this church in northeast Ohio. And I looked at Heather and I said, well, we can send our resume. I mean, there's not, I don't know too many, to be honest, I don't know too many First, Assembly of God churches that are going to want our style. And then number two, I don't know many Assembly of God churches that are going to hire both a husband and a wife as a senior pastor, co-pastors together. It's not, a, it's not really a thing. Um, you know, it, it, that's, but that's how we minister. That's what God's called us to. So we were like, well... We'll just see what the Lord does. And so we sent the resume, and I got, had our resumes, and I, I remember putting it together and, and um, hit send on the email. And I thought I was, I thought I was being absolutely ridiculous in sending a, a resume in the first place because, one, who's going to want us was my question. And then, two, be just because of all of the criteria, you know, the things and all the hoops, and we're half a country away, and all the all the things, and um, and then I was like, well, I don't even know anyone at Celebration. I don't even know anyone in Ohio. I mean, Akron, Ohio, isn't that where Ernest Angley is? I mean, I don't know, I don't know anything about Akron, Ohio. Like, is that does that place even exist? I mean, I'm like, what? I had no clue, and um, so <laughs> anyway. So when I hit send on the email, the Lord spoke to me in a moment. He said, you're moving to Northeast Ohio. You're moving to Akron, Ohio. And I was like, oh, boy. So, um, so anyway, I, I then, from that point, I had five things that I had laid out before the Lord. I said, Lord, if you're going to do this, there are five major issues that have to be addressed here, not the least of them being where we are currently. <laughs> I mean, we were on, we happened to be on staff at a great church and uh, that, that all has to happen too. Like there's a lot of things that have to take place here. And so there was five specific things that I had laid out before the Lord and, and I, Heather had her own list and her own things. And, uh, you know, we were just, just trusting the Lord. But at that point, I knew now, there was no doubt in my mind we were moving. I had faith that this was happening. There was no doubt in my mind, and that was the beginning of 
end of 2013 or beginning of 2014 time frame, had no doubt. I guess it was in 2013 because we went through a year-long process and we moved in 2014. So, um, so it had to be in 2013. But anyway, I had no doubt. Matter of fact, when we started doing interviews, they had you know all sorts of candidates that they were sorting through, and um, every time we would have the interview, we I just knew we were moving to Ohio. We were going to be y'all's pastor. There was no question. And every interview was, yeah, we're moving to Ohio. We're going to be your pastor. The Lord spoke, and and we, out of all the candidates, they, they told us after the fact, out of all the candidates that they interviewed, we were the only pastors in the whole mix that said, we've heard from the Lord and we're going to be your pastor. Isn't that scary that there's a lot of pastors out there saying, we want to pastor you, but we haven't heard from the Lord on this. <laughs> That's scary. But we had heard and we knew. And she had her word and I, I you know, God spoke to her on a Sunday morning and I had, I had heard from the Lord that I knew that we were going. And then we had these wonderful friends. We, you know, of course we had, we were in New Orleans associate pastors, great church of victory, which is where we're going in a couple of weeks to minister and taking some folks, and it's going to be awesome, but um, we were, we were, we had these wonderful evangelists in uh, at victory, the Baileys, our, our pastors, our covering, they were out uh, ministering, and we had these wonderful guest evangelists in that were on the platform singing. One of them was singing, and one was playing the piano and, and praying. And, and the, you know, we're hosting them and having them in service, and then they're praying for people at the altar. You might know them, Joe and Becky Cruz. They, you might know who I'm referencing. They've been with us a few times. Anyway, they were with us, and we, so we were in service. We take them out to lunch, and we're sitting at lunch, and we're having lunch with them, and they just start talking about how to know when to leave. And I looked at Heather, and I, I'm just like elbowing her under the table. Like we're at Zia's and, you know, a great restaurant. And we're like, I'm, are you serious? Like, I'm like, Lord, are you serious right now? She's, having the, she's telling us how to know when to leave and their experience of leaving Rodney's when they left Rodney's ministry and what that transition looked like. And, and now, now she's, oh, my goodness. So I'm like, okay. So we left lunch, we're like, do you think that they know something? <laughs> do you think that they, it was just the Holy Spirit, you know, the God had already, God had already worked it out. He had already knew, and, and he had put them in, in our path, and they had no clue. We talked to them after, as a matter of fact, the last time they were with us, I brought it up again. I said, do you remember that lunch? I'm like, how out of the blue was that? And, um, and they had no clue, and then that night, we were we walked with them through the prayer line. We prayed for a couple hundred people, and they're, you know, so we jumped in the line. What's that? Hour and a half long, and we jumped in at the end of the line and uh, to get prayer, and, and she starts praying. Becky's praying for me, and she starts praying the verse God gave me when, when all this started, and I thought, oh, boy. Is this not another confirmation? I don't know what it is. So here, you know, out of all the verses she could pick in the Bible to pray over me, she prays, and it was just, it was another confirmation from the Lord. Here you go again. I was like, okay, Lord. And we hadn't said anything to anybody at this point. You know, this was all top secret. You know, this was, this was us, Jesus, and that was it. You know, there was no conversations being had at this point. And then, of course, the board here. And... Um, 
So we started going, so it was just, again, step of faith. God said, you're going to do this. This is going to happen. And it's then our part to get in alignment with what he's saying and begin to get, as we say all the time, get your oars in the water. If God told you that you're going to do something and he's giving you the faith, it's as sure as you know, as you know, of faith, the evidence of things unseen. You can't see it. We weren't, Lord, if we said in that moment, hey, See ya, we're going to go pastor in Ohio and quit our job. You know, that would have just totally messed up everything. But we saw through the eyes of faith and just began to align ourselves with what God was saying. And the doors, one by one, began to open up. We didn't have to do anything to make anything happen. All we had to do was just be faithful with step after step after step. And God opened every single door along the way. I'll tell you another story. It was so funny about this, just how God works. We, we had said, again, we had said nothing to nobody. And I, one of the guys in our church, he's gone on to heaven, but one of the guys that was in our church there, one of those, he would be one of those people that you would think would be the last person on God's list to give a prophetic word to or a word of knowledge to about anything, right? You know, we all kind of have our ideas about, oh, that's the super spiritual one. They're going to hear it from God. If, if, they're, if anybody's going to confirm what God's saying, sister so-and-so is going to get it or brother, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he would have been last on my list. <laughs> that would have been that person. And before a Sunday night service, I kid you not, he walks up to me before a Sunday night service and he says, Pastor Zach, I got to tell you, I had a dream about you last night. And I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, because you never know what you're going to get. Whatever follows those words, you never know what you're going to get. I've had some doozies, <laughs> believe me. And uh, so he starts it. He said, I had a dream last night that you were senior pastoring, that God had called you out of this church and you were going to pastor. And I thought, Lord, stop telling people. That was actually my first response. I smiled. I was like, oh, you know, you know, you never know. You know, what do you say to that? You know, like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sure, someday. And then backside of that, God, you got to stop telling our secret. You can't tell people our secret. It's going to mess things up. You're going to cause trouble for me, Jesus. Stop it. <laughs> if word gets back to my pastors, this is going to be really bad. <laughs> so anyway, so we came here, and that was in March of 2014, and of course, step by step. So just trust the Lord by faith when he speaks if he's telling you to start a small group or, or minister to the person at the grocery store, whatever it is, it might be simple, it might be complex. Just begin to put faith in action, step by step, and watch what God will do. Watch what he'll do in your life. So in Mark chapter 11, we're going to pick up in, uh, let's go verse 12. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, by the way, this is happening the Passion Week of Christ. This is He's already had his triumphant entry and, and, and he's come into town and all that. He's staying in Bethany with friends. Jesus went into Jerusalem. Oops, sorry, verse 12. Now the next day they, went, they had come out in Bethany. He was hungry. Verse, verse 13. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. 
In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. And then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching. And when evening had come, he went out of the city. And then in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have you faith in God? It's in, in the English, it says, have faith in God. In the Greek, it's, have you faith in God? For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying... If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's getting ready to head to crucifixion. And this week, is, it's leading up to that. And he's on his way into Jerusalem, and they come across a fig tree. Now, that's not unusual. The, the scenery is not unusual. What is unusual is that the fig tree did not have figs on it. And, and not, it wasn't the season for figs. But it was in this time of year, in this you know, time of the month or time of the year, the fig trees would have buds on them. And the, these buds would be an indication that fruit was coming. The buds would even be edible. A lot of people would pick the buds off and you could eat these buds uh, off the fig tree. And so when Jesus walked up to the fig tree, he was expecting to see, even with the leaves, he was expecting to see even buds uh, or signs that the fruit was coming. That fruit was coming and something was edible on that tree. But it, it was just leaves. He, was, he found nothing that he could eat and knew that by the fact that there was not even the buds, that no fruit was coming in that season. It's an indicator for us. He's teaching us about faith. Faith becomes the reality of what's to come. Faith looks at the tree. Just like Jesus went to find the buds, to eat the bud off the tree... We say through faith, this is what's coming. By faith, I know fruit is coming. By faith, I know that breakthrough's coming. By faith, I know the Lord's providing. By faith, I know a miracle's manifesting. By faith, I know healing is manifesting. By faith, I know that that job... Is anybody out there? By faith, I know through the eyes of faith of what reality is coming. But just like Jesus with the, the fig tree, without faith, without the ability to see what's coming, no fruit's happening. No fruit's coming. But faith, is, it's like being able to see the fruit that's getting ready to come on that tree. 
Now, the interesting thing about this tree is it had everything that it had need of to produce fruit. It had roots going into the ground, the sun was shining, the rain was... Everything the tree needed to have fruitfulness, it, it was provided for. But it still didn't have the fruit. Have you ever had a tree or something in your garden and, uh, that just wouldn't produce the fruit? You watered it. You took care of it. The sun was shining down on it. Everything you tried, it just still didn't produce the flower or the fruit that you were looking for. Anybody? Just me. Okay, I'm the only one that doesn't have a green thumb. Thanks. I appreciate that. So anybody ever have that happen, right? So you, you try and you try, and Jesus came up to the fig tree and expected to see fruit. But there wasn't any. When he looks at our lives, there's an expectation to see fruit. And the, the ability to produce fruit happens through faith. Faith is, is, it's not, faith is the life, the substance of life that flows into our root system that produces fruit in your life. Water has to flow into the root system. Nutrients has to flow into the root system of a tree for it to produce fruit. We, we know the scripture says that you shall know them by their fruit. And the only way for fruit to be produced in our life, it's the work of the Spirit. Fruitfulness is the work of God in our life. And the only way for that fruitfulness to be produced is to have faith flowing into your root system. So the difficulty of this tree and its inability to produce fruit is much like our lives. And we have to have faith flowing into us to produce fruit. We can't make fruit happen. You can't make the, the situation change. You can't make that health system, the health situation change. You can't change the doctor's report. You can't change the prognosis. But what you can do is to plant yourself in a place where faith is flowing into your root system. Plant yourself in a place where faith can begin to move through your very being and produce fruit in your life. The Bible tells us in Psalms that we're to be planted by the streams of living water. Where are you living your life? Where are you planted today? You see, the tree's issue was not about uh, lack of nutrients, but where, where are you planted? Where are you living? Where are you residing? Are you planted in the streams of living water? How do you receive faith? How do you, how do you receive the nutrients of faith into your life? You have to be planted by the streams of living water. Looking to Jesus, the Bible says, the author and the finisher of our faith. If you are the righteousness of God, if you want to live, the Bible says you live by faith. If you want to live by faith, you have to look to Jesus. You have to be planted by living waters, his living waters, 
just taking in, taking in. Maybe, maybe the impact of, of life and the seasons of life are, are affecting your ability to receive. Maybe you're here today and you've, you're facing challenging seasons or difficult circumstances in your life. And you feel the effects of the sun shining down. The sun shining down on you is no longer a comfort. Maybe it's overheating and causing your leaves to wilt and your fruit to fail. Maybe life is impacting you and affecting you. Just let the roots go down deeper. Let the roots go deeper into the streams of living water. Let faith be absorbed in by looking to Jesus today. Does anybody hear me this morning? I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're shouting this morning. Maybe, maybe this morning, just like Zacchaeus, instead of, instead of letting life just go by, maybe just like Zacchaeus, instead of just continuing on in your misery, continuing on in your pain and your judgment, how about you climb up in that tree and see Jesus again? Just, just take another glance at Jesus. Lay yourself in the pathway of allurement. Just get yourself where faith is walking and allow your root to go in. Maybe, maybe it's time you stop struggling year after year after year with that sickness and disease. Like the woman with the issue of blood. Maybe you can just press in. It might take a little effort. You might feel absolutely emaciated and sick and diseased and have no physical energy. But through the eyes of faith you can say within yourself if I could just get a hold of his garment, I know I will be made whole. And that will drive you. It just might be a little bit, but it'll drive you to grab hold of his garment again and let healing take root in your life. Maybe, maybe like blind Bartimaeus, you can just stop sitting by the roadside and letting life happen, letting everybody walk by and let everybody else get their blessing and everybody else get their breakthrough. But when you hear Jesus is passing by, when you hear that the author and the finisher of your faith is walking by, don't let the moment pass. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, there's always going to be somebody who will try to quiet you, try to shh, tame it down a little bit. But faith, as you get your, your roots into the waters of faith, something begins to stir on the inside of you. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. You cry out a little bit louder. You get a little bit more determination on the inside of you. You don't want to just let everybody pass you by because you know the moment of your visitation has come. Faith says now, today, this is my hour. This is my moment. This is the day for my breakthrough. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that I can be healed. Today's the day you can be made whole. Are you here this morning? Are you at Celebration Church this morning? Then today is the day that you can be made whole. Today is the day that you can be healed and set free and delivered. Today is your day. Eyes of faith, ears of faith, the, the perception of the unseen world around you says today is your day. Just get your roots out. Just begin to receive faith into your root system. Let it begin to seep into the very pores of your being. 
We live in a world that's filled with anxiety and depression and discouragement and fear. There's all sorts of uh, mental health issues and emotional issues and physical issues and all sorts of stuff going on in the world around us. And if you're not careful, you can begin to allow those things to seep into your root system. You can begin to allow the, the, the poverty uh, mindset and the brokenness and the depression and the discouragement and the fear and all these things to begin to seep into your root system. And you, what happens when it gets into your root system is that you begin to produce fruit just like that. People look at your tree and instead of love and peace and joy, self-control, they see fear and anxiety and worry and rage and all the issues of your life. But when you begin to let faith seep into those, you know, that's a wonderful thing about faith. When, when you allow faith to seep into those pores of your being, it changes you all of a sudden. It changes the fruit. It causes all of the wretchedness and all the vileness to start to fall off. All of the dead garbage that, that's absolutely worthless and, and overbearing, it just starts falling off and new fruit starts getting produced in your life. So, so today... Like this fig tree, don't, don't continue on in disbelief, but don't continue on in lack of faith, but to allow your roots to go in and produce faith in your life. We have to recognize, to receive faith though, you have to recognize that you need faith. To receive more faith, you have to recognize that you have a need. Did you hear me? To receive faith, you have to recognize that you have a need for faith. In Mark chapter 9, if you flip just back over. This is a very intriguing story about faith. Mark chapter 9, it says one of... Let's, yeah, let's go to, verse 14 of Mark 9. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. And immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed, running to him and greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher... I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And when, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation. Sketch that. O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. This is when the spirit saw Jesus, caused the boy to fall on the ground and begin to roll and wallow on the ground, foaming at the mouth. And he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. So we know that this is the boy is older at this point. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and to the water to destroy him. 
But if you can do anything, did you catch that? But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the people that the people had come running, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him about this. Here's a dad... I'm talking about having the fullness of faith, walking in faith. Here's a dad who has been dealing with this child for years, years upon years. This, this child has been falling on the ground. No explanation other than, no medical explanation other than this is a demonic situation. No medical explanation. He's falling on the ground, writhing in pain, foaming at the mouth, gnashing his teeth. The dad has done everything in his power to help his son. He's, he's been, if you can imagine watching one of your children writhing under demonic influence on the ground, foaming at the mouth, all of these things are happening. And the dad, year upon year upon year upon year upon year, has tried to help his son, and things have only gotten worse. And, and to the point that now he's, he's gone into the water. The demon has thrown his son into the water to try to drown him. The, the demons try to throw the son into the fire to try to kill him. How many times did the dad have to jump into the lake or jump into the river to try to save his son? How many, how many times did the dad have to try to pull his son out of the flames and the fire? How many, how many burns did dad get? How many, how, how many times? This is a desperate situation. This is a desperate situation. And dad is desperate to do something for his son. And so he brings his son to the disciples. He says, can, can you cast it out? Can you deal with it? And they couldn't help him. How helpless. I mean, talk about fueling your doubt. You go to church where you expect to see breakthrough or a miracle, you go to the preacher, you go to the minister, you, you, where you expect to see something happen, and nothing happens. It just continues. You expect to see breakthrough, you expect to see change, but all that happens is that the demon keeps throwing your son on the ground. And then you have this idea, you see Jesus walking up. Well, if his disciples couldn't do it, maybe he could do it. Maybe he could handle this. And the very first thing when Jesus walks up that you see happen is the sun's back on the ground again, writhing, foaming, gnashing. The whole cycle's repeating itself at Jesus' feet. It's really hard to have eyes of faith when all you see is the cycle repeating, 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 repeating. I've lived this, Dad, I'm sure, was thinking, I've lived this for so many years. 
Maybe you're here this morning and that's the same is true for you. I've lived this cycle, whatever the cycle is. I've lived it for so many years. It's never going to get better. It's never going to change. The problem's never going to get fixed. I mean, I've brought it to the pastors. I've brought it to the church. I've prayed. I've gone to the altar. I've done all the things. And it's only getting worse. It's not going to change. And Jesus asked the dad, well, how, how long has this been going on? Not that Jesus needed an editorial on the devil. It's been since childhood. This has been going on for a long time. And the dad says these words. If you can, can you have compassion on us today? If you can, can you have compassion on us today? The Son of God is standing right in front of you. The one who was moved with compassion in his innermost being and fed the thousands with five loaves and two fish. The one who's been moved with compassion on the crowds and has healed all of their diseases. The one who's had compassion and condescended his eternal rule and reign and stepped into creation itself for the redemption of humanity. He's standing right in front of you. He's standing, the one with great compassion, the one with eternal compassion, the one that's willing to pay the price for it all, is standing right in front of you. If you can have compassion on us today. And Jesus' response, if I can. In the Greek, he, he echoes back to the man what he just said. If I can. All things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that has faith. If I can, I'm the omnipotent one. I'm the all-powerful one. I'm the all-compassionate one. I'm the one that rules and reigns over all things. I'm the one who created the very worlds, the very bread, the one, the very son that you're wanting to see delivered today. I'm the one that created him in his, in his very being. I'm the one. I'm the one. If I can. He always can. He always can. He's always able. He's always able. He's more than able. He's more than capable of meeting you right where you're at. And the Father says these words that we're probably all familiar with. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. In other words, he was saying, I have just an imperfect measure of faith. It's not a lot of faith. It's, it's not a lot, and it's imperfect at best. Can you help me in my unbelief? Can you help me in my imperfect faith? But it was that imperfect faith. It was that imperfect faith. It was just the measure of faith that that father had. That saw through the eyes of what was happening in that moment. 
saw that he was able, saw the breakthrough, saw the miracle come to his son. I don't know about you, but I've, I've dealt with a lot of devils. And I, I've seen different manifestations and things happen and from the writhing and the foaming and all, all the things that dis, is described here. And I've seen, I've watched in those moments where, where people get delivered and they go as, as the Bible describes, they go as limp. They look, sometimes look dead. Look like they're lay, they're, there's no movement. There's just dead. They're still. As a father, watching your son, you think, I thought this was the moment. You know, I thought this was the moment he was going to get delivered. He ain't, he ain't delivered. He dead. Jesus, you done killed him. I don't know what happened. This was too much for him. It was too much on his body. He was, he's gone through too much pain, too, too much suffering. This is the end. And it's just still, just moment. Even the crowds around were saying, he's dead. So he wasn't just laying there for a couple of seconds. He was, he was there in that moment. What seems to you as though it might be over. For the sun was the first moment of peace. He had probably ever known consciously. It was the first moment his body was responding in that moment to the liberty that just came into him. It was the first, it was the first moment that he had known peace. His mind wasn't being tormented, his body wasn't being affected, he wasn't out of control of his body. He was at peace for the first time. And our, our response many times, I know my response would have probably been as dead. Get him off the ground. Get him walking. Get him moving. He's got to be there. Come on. Let's do something. Let's get, make something happen. Right? A lot of times that's our response is you got to make something happen. Jesus done killed him. So you got to make him come back to life. And we try to play the role of Jesus in people's lives. Well, I, you know, he just cast out the devil. He just healed you. So you got to, you know, this is, the, this is the one I see a lot. You know, you pray, pray for people who are in wheelchairs or who have canes or things like that. And, and you pray over them. And the next thing that they're being told is you got to walk across the sanctuary. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let's not forget the Jesus who has compassion. Sometimes there's a moment that needs to be had. A moment of stillness. Sometimes when deliverance happens. Sometimes when the breakthrough happens. Sometimes when the miracle happens. There is, there's the immediate jubilation. Just like the man who went leaping and dancing and praising God in the book of Acts. And it, it was immediate. But sometimes it's okay to have a moment of stillness. Sometimes... We just need to be still and recognize what's happening in the moment.
Sometimes people have been so bound up, so abused, so manipulated, so broken, so hurting. That if you were to tell them, oh, you need to take off running, God's healed you. They have no idea what's happening to them. They have no idea what's happening to them in the moment. And all you're going to do is cause greater confusion. You might even cause them to stumble right back into the injury and the illness and the sickness and the disease that they just got delivered from. Because you weren't operating in compassion. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Because you weren't operating in compassion. I've, I've just taken a step off of my preaching about faith and just helping you understand how God works with signs and wonders and miracles. Sometimes there's a, there just need to have a little bit of compassion. I get so frustrated with, with ministries, and I've seen this time and time and time again, who, who demand, they don't ask, they demand that you respond in the moment. I prayed, it's over. So whatever it is that you're dealing with, it's over. So just take off the brace, walk around the room, go sow $1,000 into, into the ministry, and God's going to remove the debt of your mortgage they haven't even learned how to tithe yet. And you're telling them to go sow $1,000 in your ministry. You've lost your ever-loving mind. Start with the basics. Have compassion and start with the basics. Did you know that sometimes the reason that people... I know this is going to be earth-shattering for you. But sometimes the reason people end up in the, in the mess that they're in is because there's, there's generational issues. There's lies that they've been believing. They've been hurt or wounded. There are times, you know, where people are, I, I, I'm not going to give you specific stories, but there are times where there's abuse that comes into people's lives and it, and it creates an open door for offense and bitterness. And that offense and that bitterness produces cancer and disease and things in their life that they physic there's a physical ailment or manifestation because of the abuse that happened as a childhood. Well, if you tell that person who's just been healed, get up. You've been healed. Get up. Move. But you haven't dealt with the root issue. There's still abuse and lies and issues. The physical issue's been dealt with. But there's still a lot of soulish issues that got to get dealt with. Did you hear me? I know everybody's still learning how to use their phones. There's an off button, I know. But, but there's, a, there's, there's a reality, right? There's a reality to compassion that says, in the moment, maybe the Lord's doing something more than just healing a physical ailment. Maybe he's delivering them from something more than just not uh, being in, in poverty or lack. There might be something going deeper that needs to be addressed as well. So we have to be careful to say in that moment where the, where the boy is laying on the ground, not moving. Oh, he's dead. Now we got to raise the dead. Get up and walk. Just have compassion. What is Jesus doing in the moment? The best question that well, you can ask yourself when you're ministering, when you're seeing God move, is what is Jesus doing right now? 
And I can assure you, it has nothing to do with you. I know that's earth shattering. But when you're ministering to people, it has nothing to do with you. You are the conduit. You're the vessel. Don't be a dirty vessel. Don't mud up the pipeline with your own agenda. Does anybody hear me this morning? Don't get muddy when Jesus is trying to work through you. Just stay in a place of receiving from him and allowing him to direct the situation. What is faith saying in the moment? Faith in that moment with that boy. So just wait. He's healed. He's delivered. He's set free. It's good. Just wait. Faith with blind Bartimaeus was that he received his sight in the moment. It was instant. Faith with the other blind man, it took a little bit. He had to spit on his eyes and go wash and do it again. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes the breakthrough, the miracle, what you've been waiting for, happens in a moment of time. And faith sees it and knows it. And sometimes it's a journey. Sometimes it might be a headache in a moment. And other times it's deep-rooted abuse and neglect and issues. And God's taking you on a journey. Faith sees what God's doing even in those moments. And you recognize, I'm in this for the journey. I'm in this for, for the long haul. God's walking me through my healing. God's walking me through my deliverance. He's walking me through. I've been delivered, but he's every day he's healing and he's taking me a little bit further on the journey. Today you might get physically healed of something and tomorrow he's taking you deeper into a soulish lie issue. It's a journey. And the Jesus who has great compassion will stay right by your side through it all. He didn't leave the boy. He just stayed there. And he took him by the hand. When everybody else thought he was dead. Come on, let's do something. Where's the, where's the bring out your dead people, you know, and throw him up on the, let's deal with him. Where's one of those guys? No, he just took him by the hand and helped him up. All things. Everybody say all things. All things are possible to him who has faith. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Um, can we do, I'm going to do something different. I don't want the worship team to come up. This is just spontaneous. Can you all just put on essence in just a moment? I'll let you know when to put it on. Um just totally taking a side track here. There's a, there's a couple of groups of people that I want to pray for. If you're here this morning, and let me come back up here so you can see. If you're here this morning, 
and you are, you are in the long-haul battle. You're, you're in a long-haul battle. You're like this dad who's been dealing with ongoing issues. It may not be demonic. I'm not saying it's demonic. But you're, you're dealing with an ongoing situation. It's been a long haul. I have, I have all service, I, f- I have felt this. I felt the Lord stirring in my heart about this, that this has been a long haul for you. And today, you just, you're, you just need some peace. <laughs> you just need some peace. You need like this, this little boy, this sort of teenage boy. You just need some peace. The Lord, you're here this morning. I'm, that's the first group. And in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come forward because I, I want to just agree with you. you. You've been in the long haul. And, and emotionally, mentally, you just, you're feeling the impacts. And the Lord wants to give you peace today. Um, so that's the first group. In just a moment, I'm going to call you forward. The second group is that there are those here, the Lord, and this is entirely different. So it's, it's an entirely different group. But you've, the Lord's been stirring in your heart um, creative ideas for ministry, for business, to do something new creatively, creatively that you haven't done before, creatively that may have not ever been done before, but creatively. You, he's given you ideas and dreams and creative things to that one, it's to get wealth. One is he's producing wealth for the kingdom, but two, so it's, there's a connection to the kingdom by, by means of wealth. But two, it is fulfilling what God's gifted you. There, it's attached to a gifting, a strength, an ability, something that God has given. You know exactly who you are. I don't have to exaggerate this. You know exactly who you are. But there's, God's given you creative ideas that are dormant. You haven't acted on these. These are things that you haven't embraced. You have them. You may have even written out the plans. You may have a you may even have a some sort of degree diagram something around this but you haven't actually stepped out and done it yet but you have the creative thought you have the idea you have the ability you have the strength god's anointed you for this you know this i'm not just talking about wishful thinking ideas this isn't someone who says i wish i was an engineer and then woo i'm an engineer that's not what i'm talking about this, um, this is a person that you, there are people, sorry, this, there are people that God has given you ways to produce wealth for the kingdom in unusual ways. I'll just tell you, I'll give you a quick scenario. Again, I, Mike made mention of my coaching thing. I, do, I coach in business and, and ministry all over. I do, I work all over globally with coaching. I never would have thought that the Lord would have opened the door for yeah, this. It was all, it was just an idea. It was a create, it started as a creative idea and the Lord put his finger on it, has blessed it. I've, I literally have coached all over the world. I've, I'm networking coaches all over the world. This week I go, I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I can say this. This is where live streaming, uh, I, I, I am, we're live streaming, so I can't, I can't say who it is, um, but I will say that I'm, I'm coaching for a ruler of a kingdom, global kingdom this week. So I fly to D.C. tomorrow for that. So it's, you just never know where the Lord will put you. 